Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So we're on a dating app. You can view my profile here. Nice This picture. is what you do. This is very exposing, <laughs> having a colleague look yeah, at a date, my dating app profile. So you have a photo of you there and then some... some... Sorry, I'm sorry. Your ideal date would be a Zoom call with Jackie Weaver. So this profile is from about two years ago when when Jackie Weaver was the height (laughs) of comedy. I had someone claiming to be Jackie Weaver's son, actually. So, you know, maybe I missed a chance to be Jackie Weaver's daughter-in-law so you can say where you live your age your height you can say whether you drink this guy has a typical mixture of outdoorsy-ness with pub photos that's quite a popular mix oh is that him in hospital (laughs) i mean that that really is maybe um... too much time in the pub Uh... let's see what's next this guy looks arty oh he gets on best for people who are curious and open and fun and really like stuff with passion and joy oh god no it's a bit earnest for I me. think I think he might have to go so that is a little snapshot about what life looks like on a dating app I mean Megan I can't believe you're still single after all that <laughs> chances are you or someone you know has been on a dating app Millions of people across the country are on them every day, and it's become a multi-billion dollar industry. Online dating arrived in Britain in the mid-90s as Britpop was dominating the charts and John Major was still Prime Minister. Back then, it was a niche forum that people were still quite suspicious of, but in recent years, it's become one of the main ways that people look for partners. Surveys suggest that millennials are spending 90 minutes a day online looking for love. And the UK is second only to America now in having the highest proportion of the population who are on a dating app. But is it all becoming a bit too much? I think people are really craving a more normal face-to-face way of interacting and meeting. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, are dating apps running out of steam? 
I'm Megan Agnew. I'm a features writer at the Sunday Times. I'm 27 years old and I have been writing about dating apps recently. What prompted that? It's a conversation that I have a lot with my friends. Mm. Lots of people are on dating apps. A few people aren't, more and more people aren't. Really? But it was also prompted by quite a big heartbreak from a dating app. And it ended in a way that I think quite a lot of dating app relationships do, which is very suddenly. And I then became interested in what's that doing to us? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it fine? Yeah, it's a bit emotionally abrupt. If you don't mind talking about it, just tell us a bit about this, um, the, the heartbreak. We met on Hinge. Hinge seems to be the app of the moment, I guess. Mm. And I think these things come and go in terms of trends. And we dated and it was immediately intimate in a way that I later found out is common with relationships that begin online. I think there's something about meeting on an app where you both know that you're there for a relationship that gets rid maybe of some of the will they won't they's if you met at a party. So how did this relationship play out? It was a few months. I mean it's very difficult for me to talk about in absolute detail because your love life is really your most personal thing. But we had a great romance. And it was fun and big and life-affirming, adrenaline-fueled, all the stuff that everyone wants from a relationship. It's the stuff that makes people go onto apps. It's the stuff that makes people download it again after they've been on a rubbish date. I mean, Megan, this does sound amazing. So what happened? It ended very suddenly. He went on holiday and then I didn't see him again after that. as simple as that. Mm. I have not seen, heard, or virtually bumped into him in the year since it's happened. Then the thing that I found the most disturbing was that the speed and abruptness with which people leave your life when you meet on a dating app. Mm. You don't walk past them, you don't end up at the same birthday party as them with them awkwardly in the other corner. Maybe that's a blessing. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, maybe maybe it makes it easier to move on. Do you think it is harder than meeting in person than, you know, other, other relationships would be? The researchers that I spoke to for this story all said the way that we love and how we feel love obviously has not changed from dating apps. But the way that we enter it and the way that we exit it has. And that's huge. Technology has changed the way that things end, right? Because you might not bump into them on the street, but now we have whole ghost towns of relationships in our phones. And you can read back, should you wish to torture yourself, (laughs) (laughs) you can read back through the messages about organising what time to meet on Saturday morning for that coffee. Stepping back, talk us through when online dating sort of became a thing. How has it suddenly become 
the enormous cultural phenomenon that it is. So it's changed a lot in its history. The first dating site was Match.com in 95, which is a long time ago. The search for true romance, as you probably know, can begin just about anywhere. But these days, many of those seeking soulmates are turning to the internet. This has been the biggest phenomena and the biggest thing to hit singles and dating since bars were invented. We're going to have audio in the near term where people can say something. Fran Myers, general manager of Match.com. Every day, six, seven hundred people come in, put in a profile, tell something about themselves. And we've had about 100 marriages so far. This is relatively close to the genesis of the internet. We were like, great, let's use it to find love. And Match.com took a long time to, in, to engage with and create a profile. So you had to write really detailed responses and what you wanted and who you were. Yeah. It's really time consuming. And it gave you fewer people who you might be appropriately matched to. But the internet, as it has done with every other thing, mm. has gamified it and made it compulsive. So then what happened in about 2012 was the advent of Tinder. The one with a lot of buzz isn't really even a web page. It's a matchmaking app called Tinder. Tinder is a free mobile app where you look at... That was around the era of social media. So what it did was put dating together with swiping. You look at pictures of other people and decide if you like what you see. If you don't like them, you swipe left. If you do, you swipe right and the never-ending stream of faces and people that you can date. And it really simplified it all in a way that made it then become known as the hookup app because it was all about how people looked, really. So then in the last five years or so, dating apps have been trying to recover some of the intellectual gravitas that (laughs) Tinder lost for them. Talk us through that. How have they attempted to do that? So Bumble says that it lets women talk first. Hinge describes itself as the app that's meant to be deleted. So that was really a direct reaction to people accusing Tinder of wanting to keep the consumers on it for as long as they can. But if you look at Hinge, it's not too dissimilar from the original Tinder. Not that much has changed. A few prompts, which are supposed to give people clues about your varying personality traits alongside six photographs. But it's still very image focused. Something very distinctive has happened with the algorithms. They kind of make you want to keep swiping. How does all of this start to affect people? It's that same thing that they've hacked into, which is a human's desire for newness. Mm. That's what all social media does to us. It's like pull down to refresh Twitter because there might be something that you've missed. And with a dating app, it's the same. So why would you stop when the next person could be the love of your life? That is a hugely tempting sell. I know you've talked to lots of people around the industry. For them, what do they identify as the problems with the way apps work now or why people aren't necessarily happy using them? Well, the issue is is that we should not be allowed to pick our romantic partners like this. (laughs) All right, talk me through this. (laughs) Are we suggesting arranged marriages for all? (laughs) I spoke to a number of people who researched this area And one of them in particular did a study where they asked 3,000 people the traits that they would like in a romantic partner. Mm. 
And they gathered as much data as they possibly could from them. And then they matched them. And very few of them were happy with what they got. And very few of them had successful relationships. So we as people are very bad at understanding the traits and the characteristics that will actually result in a successful long-term relationship. In fact, they're actually, they found, detrimental. Really? (laughs) Really? We should almost be looking for the opposite. So what Mm. dating apps do is the longer you spend on them, the more you develop these strange rules to narrow people down. I suppose the algorithm is also picking up and is only showing you certain people that it thinks you'll be interested in. Well, this the, the biggest mystery is what on earth the algorithms are doing yeah. and, and what they are serving you. I don't think that many of them narrow down the people that significantly. And I think that that makes it even more addictive because it just goes on forever. Just the randomness. <laughs> I have had weird algorithm loops and one of my friends said that he got goths all day once and I (laughs) (laughs) you've fallen down an algorithmic well I think it might happen maybe I'm just a dating app conspiracy theorist (laughs) (laughs) but I mean I guess so you know you've got this great bit of technology that comes along that sort of says you don't just have to meet the people in the town or the city around you suddenly the world is your oyster you can you know you have access to so many people who might be really well suited to you whereas in real life you'd meet somebody and you'd judge them on you know a hundred things what they're actually like in real life all you're getting is a couple of pictures a couple of terrible cues and your own preconceptions about what suits you and i guess it's not working the really interesting conversation I had with another academic, he said that they sold us this myth of efficiency, right? Because you can do it when you're watching telly, you can do it when you're waiting in line at the supermarket, you can do it at, under your desk at work. But what ends up happening is that we spend a huge amount of time judging them in different ways. Mm. So you spend energy when you first see their profile thinking who are they from these few prompts and what sort of person are they then you have a conversation and you sort of continue that judgment then when you meet in real life you actually have to start all over again and is there also something about the technology where you're constantly swiping where it can become quite addictive do you think the experience of that happening is is different now in the world that we live in than it would have been in previous ages Every person that I spoke to about this story, every academic and researcher who looks into this said that it makes long-term relationships much more difficult because there's always another option. The more choices you have, the less likely you are to settle on a decision. So are people getting to the stage now where they're they're just a bit bored of, of of these dating apps where they're trying to look for something a more meaningful way of meeting people I think so the the conversations that I have around dating apps are so different to the conversations that I have around other forms of social media mm. in that people really don't like being on them if there is all this frustration I mean are people Are people starting to leave the apps? What's happening now? Anecdotally, I hear of so many people who are leaving them. I also hear of 
lots of people who delete them for a year and then they re-download them and then they delete them because they're fed up. I think people are really craving a more normal face-to-face way of interacting and meeting. Coming up, how much did the pandemic and lockdown change the way that people are looking for love? And what's the future for dating apps? That's after a quick message from a colleague. I'm Liam Kelly, arts and entertainment correspondent at The Sunday Times. It's thanks to subscribers of The Times and Sunday Times that I get to cover the latest in the worlds of books, film and television, museums, galleries and theatre. Subscribe today by visiting thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Did the pandemic and lockdown change our attitude to finding love online? I spoke with a lot of people who said that that has, yeah. We spent a lot of time on Zoom, on our phones, FaceTiming friends and family. People want to go to events. There are companies that are throwing singles parties, which (laughs) feels quite old school. It feels very old school. But so is that the answer? You know, you don't use apps as much, but you go to things in person. The demand for these parties, according to these companies, is huge. They can't print out enough tickets. Wow. And do we have any sense of of the data? Do we know if people are changing the way they, they want to interact? It's really hard to know because the dating apps are obviously really private about the data that they give away. We just have the data around how people meet. 18% meet at work and 6% meet on dating apps. God, that's much lower than I thought. So there was a survey recently which showed that 64% of people would prefer to meet their partner in person 
and that was up from 36% in 2019. So more people value now a more organic face-to-face meeting than they did pre-pandemic. And what about you? Are you still on the dating apps? I have downloaded them in the last year. But I also made a decision not to over the summer and I had a really fun time. (laughs) I think that as soon as you put down your phone and don't see it as the only way to meet other people, you probably open yourself up to meeting more people face to face. For all the criticisms, these dating apps are still global multi-billion pound businesses. So I guess they're not going anywhere. Is that partly because we've just got so used to getting every bit of our lives online? If you want food, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll find an app and get it delivered. You know, there's nothing you're not used to being able to get at the tap of a finger. I think that's exactly it. And I think that's really difficult to resist. If you are feeling like you want to go on a date, why wouldn't you just download an app? One of those criticisms of how they work and how they allow people to sort of ghost you because you don't have overlapping lives, you haven't met through friends. Some people would say that's always happened. Are we sort of using technology to make excuses for bad (laughs) behaviour, which has always been around? It has always been around. I think technology. Jane Austen. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You can see it. I mean, look. It's always happened. Technology has made it so much easier. If you don't have mutual friends, there's less of a social responsibility. So you can act poorly. And if you don't tell any of your friends about it, no one's going to pull you up on it. No one's going to know. One of the main things that regulates our behaviour morally is what we feel like our community thinks of us. Mm. And the strange thing about dating apps is that you are two islands often and you don't have those intermediaries that can regulate your behaviour. So then what happens? Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, I sort of feel like as somebody who never got round to joining the dating apps, more fool me, we should say a lot of people do find happy relationships through them. Producer on this episode, Will, assures me at least... Two of his friends have married people they met online and, and his sister is currently engaged to somebody she met online. So it does it does happen. People do sometimes navigate that maze and, and find find somebody they can spend their lives with. Mm, I think, you know, it works. I, I also know lots of people who are, or a few people who are together, but it feels like everyone uses them and the people who it succeeds for comparatively is quite small and presumably that's why people who you know decide to come off the apps do sometimes go back do you think you will i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> i'm certainly more skeptical of it hmm. though i'm reassured that it hasn't changed how we feel and why we feel it's just changed the logistics of how it starts and ends i spoke to a a psychologist who said at the beginning they felt like our salvation. Yeah. Like, oh my God, look at all of these 
people in my phone. I can't believe it. Are you joking? I thought there were no single girls or guys of my town. Look at all of them. Look at them here. They're in my pockets. Like mind blowing. And then now I think people are like, oh, I've been heartbroken or it's not working or I'm bored of it or it's making me depressed or I spend loads of time in front of the telly on it and like, what am I doing? I do think the tide is shifting, but I think that they will be in our lives for a long time. I just think that they'll be forced to change the way that they work. What would you like them to be like? I think they're going to have to start narrowing people down more. The issue with them is that... They are made for compulsive behaviour. One of the ways they do that is by giving you infinite and endless people that aren't narrowed down in any other way other than by age and geography. Mm. That is the thing that keeps people swiping on it because that is the thing that's compulsive about it. But that's also the thing that makes people really fed up. And I think that there is a whole new generation of dating apps that are coming out now where you get given one person in a month. It's about scarcity, it's about curation. And I think that that is what's going to happen over the coming years, is that we'll say goodbye to the, the endless swipe and more towards something more refined. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, Megan Agnew, News features writer at the Sunday Times. You can find all of Megan's work at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. The producers today were Will Rowe and Olivia Case. The executive producer is Kate Ford. And sound design was by Tom Birchall. If you enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a review. It'll help others to find it. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.